Welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church family here in Yankton. Our episode today is from our series, Living God's Way. As we transition into our new normal, we need to recognize that our world has changed. Although our lives may look differently, this can be a tremendous opportunity for us individually and as a church to truly live out what God desires for our lives. We hope you enjoy. If you got your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and turn to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter. If you don't have a Bible, I highly recommend the version. It's a free app available on any smartphone, any device. Um, if you're watching this live right now, there's a button that says Bible. That's version. You can click right on it and you can go right to 1 Peter as well. We are in a series called Living God's Way. And throughout this summer, we're going to be walking through the book of 1 Peter together. So I would encourage you to read it. I know summertime is not exactly a book reading time, but uh, it's a really short book. So you can read it, you know, every day. You can read it once a week or just really truly understand how to live God's way. And at our life groups, we're going to be unpacking this together as well. So this week, we're going to focus on chapter 1 verses 1 through 12, which you just heard in that amazing video. Now, if you're not familiar with reading God's Word, I want to give you a couple things to start off with. Anytime you read anything from God's Word, there's really three questions that you need to know the answer to. So here's the first one. Who is writing it? Who is writing it? Now, I'll give you one guess. Who wrote the book of 1 Peter? That's right, Peter. You got it. Way to go. Good job. Peter, this is Peter, who is the follower of Jesus Christ, who was one of his 12 closest friends while he lived here on planet Earth. This is Peter, who walked on water, the only person other than Jesus to do that. This is Peter, who made the statement that our bracelets say, B-Y-S-S, because you say so. If you missed that message, go back and watch it. This is Peter, who said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, who Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. This is the person who wrote it. But this is also the Peter who had a little different journey. This is the Peter who, as he was walking on water, as he was looking at Jesus, he started to doubt and he started to sink. This was Peter who who got a little confident in himself at some point and Jesus actually said these words to him, get behind me, Satan. This is the same Peter who told Jesus the night he was betrayed, I will go to death with you. I will never leave you. And yet before the rooster crowed, he denied that he even knew Jesus three times. This is the Peter who, despite all those shortcomings, God called him and he said he would be the leader of the early church. And on the day of Pentecost, which we just celebrated two weeks ago, This is the same Peter who stood up in front of a crowd of people and led over 3,000 people on a single day to relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the guy who wrote this book. This is good stuff, church. This is stuff you're going to want to learn and understand. This is a guy we want to learn. Well, here's the second question that you really need to ask yourself. First one is, who is writing it? The second one is, who is this written to? This was a letter that Peter wrote to the early church. We believe that there were many copies of this that were passed out to a lot of the local churches throughout uh, the area at that time. Um, This is a time when the church was under great persecution. Many historians believe this was written about 30 to 40 years 
after the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so if you want to think about it in terms of today, that would be like in the 1980s versus today. That's about the time of distance from when Jesus' birth, or sorry, Jesus' death and resurrection happened. This is when the book of 1 Peter was written. During this time, the Christians at the time were living under the Caesar named Nero. If you're not a fan of history, you don't understand who Nero was. Nero was, to put it very bluntly, insane. Um, he actually burned the city of Rome in 64 AD, and then he would blame the Christians for doing it, and he would just broke out a huge persecution against the followers of Jesus Christ. He would have them tortured, he would have them murdered, and then he had the full support of not only the Roman citizens, but also the Jewish people who weren't really happy about this whole Jesus movement anyway. This is who the group of people that first that Peter was writing this letter to of first Peter so we know who wrote it we know who it's written to here's the third thing when you really need to ask is how can I apply it how can I apply what I'm re reading to my life today and that's what we're gonna do throughout this series during these messages we're gonna talk through what that means I don't know if you've ever heard a, a sermon or a, a talk and you just, you never forgot it. It made such an impact on your life that you could actually still remember it to this day. Well, this actually happened to me uh, a while back and I was in uh, church and I was listening to a message and it was actually not the regular pastor, it was actually a guest pastor. And he did something that I'll never forget. He stood up on the stage and he started doing this. And he just stood there and he did this. Now, if you're listening to our podcast right now, you're probably like, what am I doing? Well, I'm taking my arm and I'm swinging it in front of me from one side to the other. And as you can imagine, if somebody stands on a stage doing this without talking at all, it can get a little uncomfortable. <laughs> and as he was doing this, he said this, remember in life, the pendulum will swing. The pendulum will swing. If things are going great in your life, if life's going well, if, if you're feeling success and health, take a picture because it won't last. Because in life, the pendulum swing. And if things aren't going well right now, if, if you're struggling, if you're having problems, if you're having concerns, if you're having issues, hang on. Because in life, the pendulum swings. The pendulum swings. And that is such a powerful truth that I think is really kind of the heart of what First Peter is all about. Think about this. Peter is talking to a group of people who in their life, the pendulum has swung to the negative. Many of these people have had to flee from their own homes to be scattered uh, amongst the Rome so they wouldn't be found out that they were followers of Jesus. Many of these people have faced persecution. Several of them have probably lost family members either by death or by rejection of their belief in Jesus Christ. And every single one of them lived under a fear that at any point they could be found out, they could lose everything they have, they could be tortured, and they could be killed. Church, that's not a good place to be at. And this is the, the writing that First Peter, this is the context in which First Peter was written. And in this passage, Peter gives three things that we can hold on to in life when the pendulum swings. When the pendulum swings to the negative side, there are three things that Peter really reinforces that we need to hold on to. Here's the first one. God has chosen me. 
God has chosen me. Look at what he says in verse 2 again. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Church, God chose us before we chose him. And every single human being, every single man, woman, and child has a choice. We can either reject God or we can receive him. But God has chosen us. I used to work for a company and uh, every year they had an employee appreciation banquet. I don't know if you've ever been to one of these before or worked for a company like that. Um, it was a nonprofit company, so there wasn't a lot of money. And so they wanted to do something to really value the employees that were there. So every year we'd get together, we'd have a big meal, um, there'd be some talks. Uh, people would, if you'd worked there for 5, 10, 15 years, they would give a little award for that as well. But the culmination of this event was what was called the Employee of the Year recognition. And so what they would do is at the end, one employee would be selected as the employee of the year. And to kind of set it up, um, throughout the year, you could actually nominate people. You could write in a, a written nomination for somebody. And so what they would do is the person who was selected, they would read these nominations, but take out their name, of course. And so the idea was, and once they got done reading that, they would announce who the employee of the year was. And that person was always very humbled and very honored and very valued by that. And it was a really cool way to honor the people that worked there. Now, why am I telling you that story? Because <laughs> here's something that never happened. <laughs> it never happened that as somebody was selected by their peers in front of everyone as the employee of the year, it never happened where the person stood up and said, ah, no thanks. <laughs> I, I don't want it. I, I'm going to pass. I, I, I don't want that award. Think of, think of how terrible that, what an insult that would be, not only to the company, but also to the people who nominated them. But yet, here's the thing, church. You've been chosen by God. God has chosen you despite all our sins and shortcomings. And yet, how many times in my life have I said to God, hmm, no thanks. God, I don't, I don't really want that. I don't really want to have that. See, we have a choice. We can either receive God or can, we can reject God because God has chosen us. Every single one of us, no matter who you are, no matter how much life you lived, have experienced some form of rejection in your life where someone has said, no, no thanks, going to pass. The pain of that, the, the exclusion that comes in with that socially, the, the doubting of yourself, like maybe there's something wrong with me. But church, I want you to understand something. God has never rejected you. Other people have. And sometimes we've taken that rejection, that pain that we felt from other people, and we've kind of projected that on God. Ever heard this say, God could ever love me. God could never forgive me for what I've done. Church, that couldn't be a bigger lie. God has chosen us, and we have a choice. We can either choose to reject that selection, or we can choose to receive it. Because God has chosen me, and Peter wants us to remember that. Here's the second thing that Peter wants us to remember. God has shown me mercy. God has shown me mercy. Look at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the re resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I want you to focus on that word mercy. Okay, The definition of the word mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone 
whom with it is in the one's power to punish or harm them. Mercy is, this is what you deserve, and I have the right to inflict that on you, and yet I'm going to withhold that power, and I'm going to show you mercy. Uh, I had this happen to me actually recently. I was in uh, Lake Andes, actually. It was after um, one of our Sunday gatherings here in Lake Andes. Pastor Roger and I were getting ready to head back to Yankton and make the drive. And I got to the corner of 3rd and Main. And if you're familiar with Lake Andes, uh, the corner of 3rd and Main, there's a four-way stop sign there. Well, just being honest with you, as the pastor, I was going to make a right turn and, and I rolled through it. Okay, I didn't stop at all. I just, I just rolled right through that. And of course... <laughs> After I made the turn, I realized there was a police officer sitting right there. And of course, he flipped around, turned his lights on, and I got pulled over. Yes, pastor got pulled over leaving church, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. And of course, Pastor Rogers thought that as well. And I, I of course, I joked with them. I said, well, I'm just trying to meet new people here in the community. No, I wasn't. <laughs> and, and I deserved it because I made a mistake. I, I ran a stop sign. I should not have done it. And I got caught for it. And the officer could have given me a ticket for that. Absolutely could have. And, and I own my mistake. I said, hey, look, this is what I did. And I apologized to him. Yet he showed me mercy. And he said, okay, here's the thing. Next time you go through, the next stop sign you hit to, just make sure you stop twice, okay? And so I was very appreciative of that. I, I didn't deserve that, but that's the mercy that was given to me. And here's what I want you to understand about that church. God's mercy is given. It's not earned. God has given us his great mercy, just as Peter just said. And it's nothing that we've done to deserve it. You may have heard the phrase before that all religions are the same. I've heard this many times when people are arguing against following Jesus Christ. They'll make the statement, all religions are the same. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something to that. And before I say it, I just want to set it up for you. you know, please don't get upset. Please don't tune me out or turn me off, all right? And don't pick up the rocks. Of course, it's online, so you can't stone me anyway, all right? But, but I'm going to make a statement about that, that statement. All religions are the same. Here's what I say to that. That's actually true. Now, again, hold on. Whoa, whoa, wait. <laughs> yeah, all religions are actually the same. And here's what I want you to understand about that. The difference is between do and done. The difference is between do and done. So let's take a look at uh, the Muslim religion. It's, it's when I was in college, I did a, a depth study of all the major world religions. And as part of my um, theology training, obviously, I continue to study that because I want to grow and I want to learn more about different types of faith as well. And so this is what the Muslim faith says. Um, there's five pillars of Islam. And, and as long as if you're a person that follows Islam, as long as you do these five pillars, then when you die, what you have done will allow you to get into paradise. See, do these things and then look at what I have done, therefore I can go to paradise. Hinduism is one of the largest religions in the world. The East especially is full of a lot of uh, Hindu people. Um, in the Hindu religion, there's a do called Dharma, and what we're supposed to do is that. And once I have done that, if I've done enough good things in my life, when I die, then I can be reborn or reincarnated. Maybe you've heard that before. So it's do and then done. The Buddhist religion is another major religion, and if you're not familiar with that, there's what's called the Eightfold Path of things that you 
do. <laughs> and then once you've done those things, what after I have done those, when I die, I can go to a place called Nirvana, which is not a 90s rock band, although it was. It's a, it's, it's a different place. It's kind of their version of, of paradise. And so here's what I'm going to say with that. Christianity as a religion, in some ways, can be exactly the same. That's why when people make that statement, they're not actually, they're actually true. See, here's, here's some versions of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to walk you through this. So w- when I'm born, the first thing I need to do is I need to get baptized, right? I need, I, need, I need to get baptized. And then as I get a little older, I need to get confirmed or Sunday school or whatever the term was for that. And, and of course, I'm going to make mistakes. And when I do that, I need to go to confession and I need to take communion and I need to attend church and I need to you know give faithfully with my money. I need to try to do what's right. And then at the end of my life, see, God will see all that I have done and then maybe if, if I've done enough of those things and I've, I've jumped through enough of those hoops, then maybe I can go to heaven. Which brings me back to my statement to say that all religions are basically the same. And I just want to tell you something. If that's the version of Christianity that you grew up with or maybe you've fallen into, I want to say something today that hopefully is going to set you free. And I want you to understand something. That God's mercy is given, it's not earned. See, it's the difference between do and done. Look again at verse 3, what Peter says. In his great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here's what Peter's saying. God has done. <laughs> now, it's, not, it's not, I need to do and then I will see what I have done. No, no, no. God has already done what's happened. He has given me a new birth in a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Once Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, it is done. His mercy is given to me. And that, my friends, is what sets Jesus apart from all religions. Because Jesus Christ, followers of Jesus Christ, is the only one where it says there's nothing you can do. It's what Jesus has already done and has given us this new birth in this living hope. And once we've done that, this is how we are to live. See, it's the difference between do and done. To say it this way is to say, because of what God has done, this is now what I get to do. Because does it mean as a follower of Jesus, I can go and do now whatever I want to do? Of course not. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is, is the reason why we do it is because of what God has already done in me. Now, I've heard you know, arguments to that statement to say, well, you know, isn't God the God of the Old Testament? Wasn't that all about do's? Remember, Pastor, the Ten Commandments? That was a whole list of do's and don'ts, right? Wasn't that what God had originally started about? Which, which I would contend, no, it's not. And anybody who thinks that the Ten Commandments is a list of do's and don'ts that we're supposed to maintain hasn't actually read the Ten Commandments. Let me go back and show you what I'm saying. Exodus 20, verse 2. This is the beginning of the Ten Commandments. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Before God even gave Moses the Ten Commandments, he saved his people from Egypt. He brought them out of slavery, which is in a lot of ways a reflection of the sin that we had lived in and and the bondage that we held to sin before Christ. God took them 
out of Egypt and save them. And he said, now that I have done this for you, this is how you are to live. And that's the same thing that Peter's saying with this in the new birth and the living hope is how we are to live. It's the difference between do and done. Because of what God has done, this is how I get to live. God has blessed us in so many ways with his great mercy. I don't deserve it, but yet it's been given to me. God chose me, and I need to accept that. And God has shown me mercy, even though I don't deserve it. And because of what God has done, this is how I can live my life. And here's the third thing that Peter said. God has secured my future. God has secured my future. Look at what verse 4 says. Into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. How many of you say you've had a bad day before, right? And I want you to picture this with me. Just imagine this was your day. You wake up in the morning, in the middle of the night, there was a terrible storm that went over your house, right? Just like now in South Dakota, there can be storms, right? There's a giant hole in your roof, and the hole is right above your kitchen. Not a good day, right? Well, it gets worse. So the rain had come into the hole, of course, and has completely wrecked your refrigerator. All your food is toast. All the appliances in your kitchen are completely shot. The cupboards are gone. Everything, it's, just, it's a total loss. Not a good day, right? This is getting worse. Well, it gets even worse than that because the electrical system got water in it, and it completely shorted out the furnace and the air conditioning unit, which now needs to be replaced as well. Not a good day, right? This, how many of you would say that's a terrible day, right? That's, that's bad. That's a really, really bad day, okay? Now, I just want to play with you for a second. Let's pretend that you get a phone call that day that says some obscure relative who you've never met before in your life has passed away. And in their will, they have actually written your name in there because you're a family member. And you have just inherited, after taxes, a hundred million dollars. Okay. How many of you still think it's a bad day? <laughs> Nobody, right? Because all of those things that you just were worrying about, all the things with your house are completely gone. They're temporary, right? Once, once that check comes in, like burn the house down, who cares? Let's start over. Let's do it right. See, here's my point in saying all that. A lot of times in our life, we face troubles and this earth, there's a lot of problems that we have, but our troubles here on earth, are temporary at best because church we have an inheritance that's never going to perish spoil or fade look at what peter says you have an inheritance this inheritance is kept in heaven for you which is why as followers of jesus christ we can never lose focus where are you looking at are you building up treasures for yourself here on earth where things will spoil perish and fade or are you looking for that inheritance that is to come in, in heaven in Jesus? Whereas Jesus said, moth and rust do not destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal. You don't have to worry about that. God has taken care of it. When we face trials, when the pendulum in a life swings over, Peter says, don't forget, God has secured your future. God has chosen me. God has shown me mercy and God has secured my future. Now, once you have these three things established, and once those are firmly set and understanding that in our mind, no matter which way the pendulum goes, God has chosen me, God has shown me mercy, 
God has secured my future. Now this is what Peter says. And I don't want you to miss this, church. Look at verse 6. In all this, you greatly rejoice. You think, what? Greatly rejoice? Yeah, no, no, Peter, that's what we need to do. We need to greatly rejoice through now for a little while you may have suffered all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Church, what Peter's saying is when the pendulum swings and it goes to the negative, hang on. And, and not even hang on, rejoice. I want to be honest with you, when, when things go bad in my life, when the pendulum's over here, my first response is not rejoice, all right? That's not my first response. But think about what Peter says again, how gold is refined by the fire. If you're not familiar with that process, when gold is mined out, it has to be refined, and they put it in very, very hot fire, and it almost takes it down to like a liquid state. And what it does is it burns off the impurities and it gets out the pure gold. And it's not a fun process for the gold. It's very hot. It can be very painful. If you were to touch it, you would burn yourself instantly. Not good. But it's a process that needs to happen to refine the gold to get out what really is valuable in the gold. Church, can I, can I just be honest with you? Sometimes there's a lot of crap in my life that God needs to burn away. And there's really no other way to do it sometimes because of our own stubborn, selfish, prideful ways. And this is what Peter's saying. The result is worth the process. You are so valuable to God. And because he loves you so much, sometimes the fire does come to, to refine us and make us who God wants us to be. I've heard it said this way, you don't understand what I'm going through. And, and can I help you with something? I might not. I might have not ever experienced what you're experiencing, but I want to remind you of something Jesus has. Think about what Jesus, Jesus was, knows what it's like to be rejected by others. Jesus knows what it's like to be treated unjustly. Jesus knows what it's like to be betrayed by a very close friend and by his closest friends. Jesus knows what it's like to experience the death of someone that you love that's close to you. Jesus knows what the damage that gossip can do in your life. Jesus understands what abandonment feels like by people that you thought would never do that. Jesus understands what it means to be abused physically, verbally, emotionally. Jesus even knows what it's like to be unjustly murdered. All of that stuff happened in the last week of Jesus' life, okay? Think about that. Jesus does understand that. And I've heard it said this way too is, well, if God loves me, he, he could stop it. All of this pain, all this suffering, if God really loves me, he could stop it. And to what I would say to that is the same thing that Peter would say to that. Jesus asked the same thing. Did you know that? Look, look Peter, remember the night Jesus was betrayed? Peter was there with Jesus in the garden. And, and this is what Jesus prayed in the book of Luke. It says, not my will, but yours be done, Father. If you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was going through an unbelievable trial, and Peter saw that. And Peter remembered that Jesus prayed that prayer. And it says, not my will, but yours be done. God, I don't want, nobody would ask to go through a trial. Nobody would sign up for that. And even Jesus said, listen, I, I don't want to do this, God, but I'm going to surrender to your will. 
Every week here at church, we pray what I always call the most dangerous prayer. And we say it so many times. I think sometimes there's a danger that we forget the words that we're saying. We say these words, thy kingdom come, what? Thy will be done. Church, be careful with that. That's what Jesus is saying. God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus has gone through all of the same hurt and all the same pain and all the same rejections that we've been through, and he endured it. And that's what we need to do as well, church, because in life, the pendulum is going to swing. It's going to swing back and forth. And when it's good, take a picture because it won't last that long. And when it's not good, when you're in those same positions where you're feeling hurt and pain and and the, the types of things that Peter's talking about, hang on because the pendulum in life does swing. It does swing. Peter has said, God has chosen me. Remember that. God has chosen us. Don't reject him. Accept what God has done for us. God has shown me mercy, even though I didn't deserve it and I didn't. I can't do anything to earn it. Religion is about trying to earn something that can never be earned because Jesus paid for it. God has shown me mercy and God has secured my future. Nothing you can face in this life will take away that security that God has through Jesus Christ. I've shared with our church before that Elaine and I had some problems in our marriage uh, a little over 10 years ago, and we actually separated, and it was it was a very dark time in our life. And uh, God, of course, restored our marriage, and we were able to get back together again. And when we did that, um, I received this gift um, from my mom, actually, and uh, it's, it's something that I, I hold very dear to my heart. And if you ever visit our house, this actually hangs on our refrigerator um, because it just reminds me of these things. And I thought it was very fitting, and I wanted to share with you these words because it fits exactly with what Peter was saying and the perspective that we need to maintain. It says, happy moments, praise God. Difficult moments, seek God. Quiet moments, worship God. Painful moments, trust God. Every moment, thank God. And church, no matter what you're facing today, I want to let you know that God loves you. And and He has chosen you. He has shown us mercy and He has secured our future. And if you're watching here today and you've had a religion where it's been do, do, and then hopefully God will accept me, I want you to be able to let go of that today. I want you to be able to say, I'm going to accept what God has already done. And then I'm going to spend the rest of my life living out the faithfulness that God has shown in me and in that life. I I believe that will set somebody free today. God, I thank you so much that you loved us and you saw what we needed and that you have chosen us, Lord. And, And just as Peter said that, God, that you knew from all time where we would be born and how we would need you. And even though you saw all of our sins and all of our failures, it's still was enough to bring you to the cross, to say, I love you so much. I don't want to be separated from you. I choose you. God, we don't deserve that. God, forgive us for when we try to do. Forgive us when we try to earn somehow your favor and your blessing. We can't do that, God. Help us to just surrender to you and receive you and what you have already done for us. And then help us to live that out in our lives by the power of your Spirit. God, help us to keep the perspective that we never lose, that this earth and the problems that we face here on planet earth are temporary 
at best. And Jesus, you too, when you lived here on earth, you experienced those trials, those pains, those hurts. And yet, God, Jesus, you went to the cross and it was for the joy set before you that you did that. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for setting the example for us to follow. And we pray that we would live and walk by you. And if there's anybody listening to the sound of my voice, if you're watching online and you've never done that before, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. And maybe you've done it before, but maybe you need to recommit your life to Jesus Christ. And you need to say, yes, God, on this day, I'm going to, I'm going to receive the gift that you've given. I'm going to ask for forgiveness of the things that I've done. And I'm going to trust in you. And I'm going to keep that eternal perspective. And if that's you right now, and you're praying that prayer right now, I want to tell you that all of heaven is rejoicing. And we want to celebrate with you. And so, so I would just ask that you would, you would put that in the comments and in the chat. Um, if you want to click the prayer button, you can. If you want to write a connection card and just say, I, I receive God today. You can just put that in there. We'd love to celebrate that with you. And God, I just thank you for everyone who's doing that right now. God, I pray by your spirit that you're moving in the hearts and minds of those who are, who are listening to this and hearing this. And Jesus, I just pray that they would understand the, the wonderful gift that you have received. And you have, you've given to us, Lord. And God, I just pray that we would receive it and we would understand that no matter what we're facing in life, we can hold on to your truth. We thank you and we praise you and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to grow more in your faith, check out one of our life groups that meet throughout the week. For a list of days and times, please visit our website at yankton.church. You can also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Celebrate Yankton.